it's time for another message in a bottle from Il de Besançon. Today, we're talking to Anne from ESC Armchair about keeping Eurovision weird. Welcome. Ellie calling. Here we are once more on the beautiful Ile de Besançon, where still it's early May. The sun is shining, the temperature is comfortable, and coffee and local beverages are free and plentiful, but we have a very restrictive policy on musical imports. Every Eurovision fan who comes to stay here is only allowed eight Eurovision songs for the duration of their stay, and here at the customs desk, we go through the paperwork, we find out what those songs are, why they've chosen them, and what this tells us about them as a person. And just, you know, a good chat about Eurovision, which everybody likes. And uh, for some reasons to do with Sue Lawley, I also have to offer you uh, Eurovision Luxury. Uh, we'll get to that later. And unlike other castaway locations, we do not give you the Bible and Shakespeare. We give you Waterloo and Valare, neither of which are in blank verse. And here, coming up the gangplank, we've got my castaway. Let's have your name, please. I'm Anne Squires. And your occupation and connection to the Eurovision Song Contest? Um, I'm a general education dog's body, and um, I have a blog called ESC Armchair. And you also have a podcast, which I'd like you to mention. Yes, uh, I've got kind of... Well, my main one is um, on my ESC Armchair blog, with, which is um, my Eurovision thing. And I do podcasts every so often. And I do um, reviews with my husband every Eurovision season, which is kind of fun because he's not really a Eurovision fan, but I am. So it kind of Which, which, which rejoice under the name Shit or All Right. Yes, it does. That was his idea. <laughs> There's two kinds of Eurovision songs. Yes. Then you've also got your personal podcast and you, as part of your work as an educator, you have a podcast club with the kids. I do, yes. Um, uh, well, if you go on to um, our school website, Portman Junior School, you'll find us the podcast and I have different children every term and we just sit in a room and talk about school. Get them while they're young. Yes, definitely. Marvellous. Right, so let's go straight into the paperwork. Um, Let's introduce your first song. This is Scott Fitzgerald for the UK in 1988 with Go. With Scott Fitzgerald. Anne, tell me about your connection with Scott's song. Um, 
Well, I know normally we start off with a kind of um, an introduction, uh, how Eurovision came into your life. Your origin story. Yes, my origin story. And um, although this isn't really my origin story, it is my earliest Eurovision with a very, very strong memory. Um, I mean, I do love this song um, and I'm still gutted it didn't win. Although Celine's song is brilliant. I love this song. Um, but I remember being, oh gosh, how old would I have been? 10 years old. And I stayed up and watched the voting. And, and my real earliest memory of watching Eurovision is there was that bit when um, I think Yugoslavia were, were last to vote. And um, suddenly the camera went from the presenters into the crowd. And in the crowd was Bruce Forsyth. And um, it was his daughter who had, I think, a co-writing credit on the song. And there's like little on me going, oh, it's Bruce Forsyth. Oh, my goodness, this is amazing. And then feeling even more sad that his daughter didn't win. Oh. It was kind of really sad. <laughs> um, so I kind of just remember this kind of thing of watching Eurovision being this quite random show. And then having this person who's like, oh, like show business royalty that sort of anchors it within the show business firmament that you know yes it kind of went from being this kind of show this kind of funny show with people singing funny songs in funny languages I didn't really understand to being this kind of oh kind of this person is there and it actually means something to somebody I mean I I now know it means something to everybody involved with Eurovision but you know back then it was kind of like oh wow it's Bruce Forsyth and I I know who he is and I'm and seeing him kind of curl he was almost curled up in a ball kind of like oh my goodness like he couldn't even look at the scoring and oh my God. <laughs> and I just kind of thought oh my goodness so it was like it was like really weird because I was seeing this person who I kind of understood and could relate to in this very odd situation. And that moment has kind of stayed with me forever. And I know that's kind of not really about the song, but... No, it's, um, it's about the show. And yes. We're, we're about the whole show. Yeah. And, and I think that the voting is a very integral part Absolutely. of the show. And we do like a nail biter. We don't, you know, it's nice when somebody walks away with it, but it's also nice when it's down to the wire and you can't really get much down to the wire than one single point and he's the last scottish person to represent the uk is he really yeah. oh that's ooh, let me just that's check that good, because that's kind of a big claim if there's anyone in a group i can't mm. I don't think any of Love City no. Groove was Scottish. No. Yeah, Scott Fitzgerald is Scottish <gasps> and there's not been anybody since. No, that's terrible. 30 oh, years. Oh, dear. 30 years. <gasps> it's, oh, it's, goodness. It, uh, well, that's it. That needs to be re that needs to be rectified. Immediately. Immediately. Post haste. 
I, yes. I am willing. I am willing to give the artist forty quid for the train fare. I'll, <laughs> I'll fund it myself. Oh wow! Yeah, come on, Scotland. Go on. Give something different. Give some bagpipes. Just <laughs> what about just something with a little bit of difference? Yeah, Let's have a song in Gaelic or something. Oh, definitely a nice folky number. Yeah, or like. I don't know, like Run Rig, the next generation. Yeah. What was that? Oh, what was that band? The, the something string band. The Incredible String Band. Yes. That was the 60s, Anne. Yeah. That, that kind of like weirdness, that kind of so transcendental. Your recommendation for the UK is weird Scottish. Yes. I can get behind that. I can very much get behind that. Good. So, I think weird is good. So we will have Scott Fitzgerald and uh, one of the best blonde mullets ever to grace Eurovision. <laughs> uh, yes. We will accept go onto Eel the Besançon. Time for your second record. We're zipping forward to Slovenia 2015. It's Maria with Here For You. one oh oh this brings back such memories oh honestly um so national national final season 2015 was a really odd one for me and a time that will never be repeated because um kind of by the end of national final season that year I was very heavily pregnant um and um actually the, the national final season of that year got me through a lot of my pregnancy because i had a lot of visits to the hospital and people prodding me here and there and everywhere and it wasn't a particularly nice time so actually having um some national finals at the weekend was some definite chill time can provide <laughs> You know, a good three months of distraction, if you do yes. the thing. It was a nice bit of escapism, really, to kind of get away from, you know, hospitals and clinicians to being whisked away to the middle of goodness knows where with goodness knows what kind of tunes they've got lined up for me. Um, but this song in particular kind of became my mini anthem really of 2015 because oh I, I remember kind of singing this one to my little unborn son kind of stroking my belly and actually when you listen to the words of the song in that kind of very um different situation the the lyrics took on a different meaning it is a me. really warm, nice song. It really is. It's a really positive song. And it's kind of like, you know, you're down, but I'm here for you. I will get you up. I will get you out of trouble. I've got an amazing invisible violin riff that will make you feel good. Yes. A 
but there's not enough of that. <laughs> oh, and um, I just, I just absolutely love this song, and it got me out of a lot of down moments kind of thinking I've got to set, stay strong I've got to get myself through this I know it's going to be hard but you know I you know I am here for you my little boy and I still do it to him every so often I still sing this to him Aww. and kind of go oh and actually it's really weird the last couple of weeks this song has actually kind of come back to us because he's starting school in September <gasps> which is a bit uh, and he's a bit kind of wobbly about change and things like that and so the meaning of the song has kind of moved on a bit yeah because I'm now f- here for him in a different way um, so I, I just think this is a really feel good song without being too kind of jolly jazz hands kind of. It acknowledges light. the hard times, but it says that it'll help you through it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's kind of more, a more, I don't know, realistic view almost yeah it's not telling you to pull yourself together it's not telling you that everything is awesome all the time yeah it's you know it's here for you yeah it's it's times are tough but you will get out of it you will find your way with the people around you on a more frivolous note how scandalized were you when this ended up going on first <gasps> I can I, you know what? I can kind of understand why it came on first, but yeah, yeah. it kind of got totally lost. Yeah. And I think also having weird violin woman might have kind of gone, what was this? Kind of too far in too soon. And the headphones, the, <laughs> yes. the compulsory headphones, the wedding. Yes. It's like you can have one <laughs> of invisible violin lady in a light up costume headphones and a wedding dress and they yes. went with all three i know <laughs> it's like one bam thank you ma'am it's like oh too much already well i love it you love it your little boy loves it we're gonna he have maria here for yes. you on the island Yay! song number three and we're going back to 1996 and the only ever eurovision song so far that's been sung in breton we're having Diwanit Bugali by Dan Abras. only been one song in breton i know it's um it's it, it i mean with, especially with that song it just fits the the melody and the kind of celtic feel of the mid 90s so well i um, can i can understand how it happened in the mid 90s yes. when everybody was like just whack as much celtic stuff on it as you can <laughs> oh Loca- yeah locate your celtic fringe <laughs> It is. Oh, I mean, I think, you know, the French have done, they've done um, Corsican since, haven't they, as well? So maybe they might go around some of the other. It's not as politically sensitive as no, a Spanish artist no. doing Basque or something, is it? N- no, it's no. not quite. But um, hopefully it'll get its turn around again. 
yeah. I think yeah. the the Breton community do com- compete in that um, minority languages song contest. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a lovely language to hear. Um, I, I mean, when you see it written, it does look quite alien. Con- consonanty. It is. Yeah, and full of kind of W's and squiggles. <laughs> Linguistically, it is connected to all of the other Celtic languages, though. I'm yes. Thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and you can kind of hear that in the sounds of of that yeah. of of the song. So you've got um, a couple of 1996s here. Was that a uh-huh. particularly big time for you? Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, I love the mid 90s. Um, Eurovisions. Um, in fact, 1996 was the first Eurovision I surreptitiously recorded on video. You don't have um, to be surreptitious about it. <laughs> I did. I did have to because I, I kind of had to make sure mum and dad didn't quite notice because they thought I was doing something on the other side. Um, but um, yeah, so I kind of sneakily taped it so I could watch it back. But I love the mid 90s ones because there's so there's such diversity of songs even though kind of by 1996 everything had gone a bit too celtic um but i do love them yeah people really were chasing what they thought was a winning formula yeah yeah it was kind of they kind of gone back to that thing that happened in the 70s where you looked at the the winning song the year before and you did a kind of identikit kind of thing and that kind of happened for a few years um, whilst um, that doesn't seem to happen quite as much. I'm glad we've shaken out of that. But the last yes. few winners we've had have been pretty sort of distinctive and hard to copy. People yes. have more gone for sort of yeah. the third to fifth position as the template. Yeah, they seem to have gone, oh, it's almost like they've said, let's try and do something. Let's on purposely do something different instead of do something the same. Yeah, well, we've helped. got we've got something coming up later that I think would do quite well in a certain national final if you just filed the serial numbers off and uh, put it through <laughs> again. Um, uh, but in 1996, we've still got the orchestra, we've still got the national yes. language rule, I think, yes. um, and we've got this beautiful, gentle song, which I just had a look at the translated lyrics. <gasps> and I think it's actually quite suitable for somebody who works with our young people. It is. It's a really lovely song. And it's the sentiment of it is so beautiful. Um, but I have to be absolutely honest with you, is that when I first saw this one in 1996, whilst I was secretly recording it I thought this was really bland really this wasn't this wasn't my cup of tea at all but (laughs) people change times change and the day my opinion of this song changed was the day I actually visited Brittany and I remember walking round and seeing the dual language signs and the dual language things. And I was thinking, because I think I'd come, I I think I'd had this 
frivolous notion that Breton was this tiny language and nobody spoke it and they were just doing it for a bit of publicity and they were just doing it to be Celtic. And then I actually went there and I thought, oh my goodness, this is actually a thing and it's a big thing. Yep. And I think I then kind of reassessed the song and and again, if you kind of look at the 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 lyrics of the song and they talk about speaking in your language and you speak and straight words and so beautiful is your way to use the language that I miss alas yeah and I just thought oh my goodness that that whole part took on a totally new meaning because I'd kind of had this idea that you know they were just doing it to fit in with the Celtic theme but actually they were doing this to save their language to give their language a proper platform and from that moment on my attitude to this song just totally 360 180 180 yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep spinning yeah like just I, yeah yeah, just yeah I was dizzy <laughs> um yeah. so yes we will take do on it Bugali blossom yeah. my children onto yes. the island Okay, continuing in 1996, our next song is a proper banger. It's Planet of Blue by Leon, the German song that was eliminated in pre-selection. Selection was an audio only jury round. And it was. this came last. <laughs> why? I, I know why, but. <laughs> well, I mean, it's because it's a techno song. Yes. And in a 100% jury era. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's a bit unfortunate because. It is. Like, I don't know why we're not always dancing to this in Euroclub. Oh, my goodness. I, 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 I would dance to this. If this was the only record available, <laughs> I would be there giving it 150% all we'll, the time. We'll have to give it a spin at Nepati Pan and see oh. if anybody twitches. Oh, <laughs> you should do. It's like 160 oh. BPM. It's huge. <laughs> it's, it is mega. It's not, well, I won't say non-stop, but it, it, do, it does have that slight lilt in the middle where it does like the countdown. But the rest of it is pretty, 
unforgiving. The idea that this was ever entered in the same competition as France's beautiful <laughs> Breton ballad, it just it gives me it gives me vertigo. It's 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 just amazing that a contest could have had such variety, literally from one end to the other. So other than it being a banger of epic proportions, what is it you like about Leon's song? Oh, well, this definitely in 1996 would have been more my cup of tea. Um, That kind of um, kind of techno dance scene. Um, And I, I mean, if I think about kind of the German music scene in the mid 90s, this was actually really quite contemporary. Yeah. And to think that it was chosen, even put through into their national final is quite beyond belief. Because uh, some of the German national finals were diverse, but in some ways a bit dodgy as well. Um, what what, and I, what I are just... you talking about on the song for Israel? <laughs> Oh, that's, it's yeah. I mean, some yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of diverse weirdness going on, but power to them. Kind of, I, I'd 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 rather have a national final that had kind of lots of highs and lows and different directions than vanilla. six beige songs. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, this was one of also the first Eurovision songs I got my husband into because ah. he was when I first met him, he was really into the kind of German techno scene, kind of um, kind of scooter and U ninety six and uh, kind of all that kind of stuff. And um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Alex Christiansen and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, from that other Eurovision song we're not going to talk about. (laughs) Um, No way. And (laughs) so he was kind of really into that stuff. So I was able to say, look, there was a Eurovision song, nearly, (laughs) that got into it. So that was something we could kind of both have a kind of chat about and we could kind of get into each other's music from there. The fact that it didn't actually make it to the grand final. This is this is a particularly interesting part of the yes. 90s and noughties in Eurovision. How the expansion of Europe and the expansion of the contest. How, yeah. how the contest sort of grappled with that and yeah. came up with the weird clodge that we have now. Yeah, because... So the idea that you could have a song contest where Germany got knocked out and never yes. even got to the TV is pretty shocking. It is. It is, especially in this day with the kind of big, big six. Well, this um, that this failure to qualify is what gave us the big five concept. Yeah, yeah big five. What did I say six? Wait, <laughs> big five plus host. Uh, yes, of course. That's probably where I got it from. Yeah, I just, I kind of think... Oh, I don't know. I think back in the mid-90s, I think they were trying to be fair. Yeah. They were trying to let everyone have a go, but I think it... I mean, I, I mean, on a personal note, even though I love 1996, there are a couple of songs in there that I just think, how could anybody think that that is better than this? Yes, quite. <laughs> um, 
Although I do have the small caveat, which is, of course, the orchestra was still in attendance. And I kind of do think... They would what, have done a GNG-type arrangement, um, have the uh, PCs on stage, <laughs> something like that. Uh, they would possibly. have made it work. But this, this audio-only so. sort of semi-final, that seems to be a really unsatisfying way of doing it. Yeah. But yeah. it's not as bad as the idea of relegation. No. That yes. I have no idea how the contest survived the, the sorry, you just can't do it this year era. Like, just absolutely shocking. I'm, I'm really glad we got rid of relegation. Yeah, I think that I think um, oh, it's it's almost a really good thing that even more countries decided to enter because I think their their hand was forced. Yeah, that they couldn't just have a, a, a kind of tucked away semi final behind closed doors and here's the results and you can go but you can't. Yeah, you'd have to have like half Everyone the countries has a go. sitting out. It'd be rubbish. Yeah. It's um, rubbish. And now we get 40-odd beautiful slices of pop madness every year. And I love it. Yes. <laughs> Long may it continue. The more the merrier. Like, yeah. I don't, think, I don't think we can handle 50. That would be too mm. long. Yeah. But I reckon 45, 46 is probably yeah. just about doable. They can't do three semifinals, could they? No. but No, that would be... 45 gives you two 20-song semifinals and the big five. Mm. 46 gives you two 20-song semifinals and big five plus host. Yeah. So 46 we... is about the maximum you can just about do. Yeah, because we did have that moment when one of the semifinals was longer than the actual final. When yeah. we had one semi, that was not good either. Yeah, lo logistically, somebody would have needed to spreadsheet that a little bit better. Yeah. Um, anyway, we've got deep into spreadsheet territory here, <laughs> and what we can agree on is that Leon was robbed. Yes! Absolutely robbed, and that we will be raving, tooting our rave whistles on Yay! Il de Besançon Yay, for the rest of time. Yay! <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> And we will continue to reach for the lasers, but with a slightly different genre. Your next song is from Georgia. It's from 2016. It's Midnight Gold. It's the young Georgia Lolita. Oh. Marvelous. Oh. How did you uh, how did you feel when that qualified for the grand final? Oh, I was absolutely ecstatic. I was I was so over the moon that this qualified cuz I th I kind of think, thought people were kind of missing this one or whether it was just my age. I don't know. <laughs> kind of like this was kind of like my kind of joining of Britpop and and kind of dance and it kind of mashed up into this explosion that I just thought was magnificent and some people seem confused by it. Yeah, before it hit the stage, I was like, 
Okay, so is Georgian Britpop? I yeah. mean, you missed it by 20 years, lads, but good on you. But when it came on stage, like that was my first Eurovision actually on the ground. Um, I have never seen anything like the light show for Young it, Georgian Lily. Yeah, it that, was astonishing. Yeah, that 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 made my telly go all fuzzy. Yeah, and it was all over the place. The jury semi, I think they had to do it like three times to get the camera oh. effects in as well. So we were like quite oh. psychedelic by the end of it. <laughs> I must dig out the video that I took from the arena of the full light show because, you know, there there is an act every year that you can tell that the techies love because oh, the yeah. techies get to show off all of their stuff. Yeah. And it was definitely these guys that year. There was a lot packed into that three minutes. Yeah. And surprise Thomas Gerson involvement as well. I, I know. I kind of have a little giggle to myself because Gerson's normal, in inverted commas, normal fare, I kind of pass over quite <laughs> liberally. But this is like, why don't you do something more like this? Something a bit weird. Something a bit kind of out your out your sphere. Because mm-hmm. this, it's just great. And it's just was, great. There was also that great sort of backfiring rebel moment in the semi when he yeah. changed um, the lyrics to refer to the the brand of uh, psychoactive vape yes. oil that he was talking about because he didn't expect to have to go through. And, uh. and uh, sort of looking so surprised as he qualified. <laughs> and then oh. also as he realised that nobody had realised what his stunt meant. <laughs> didn't get oh. didn't get at all punished for it. Oh, I love this kind of spontaneity. Because you don't get that kind of spontaneity much these days in Eurovision. Because well, you've got to have... Yeah, I know, but that kind of... Little kind of secret thing and being able to get something through the net. Yes, that's yes, quite I good, isn't it? Specifically like that. Yes, it's uh, oh. a wee surprise, especially yeah. yeah it, it it just sort of piques the interest a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's um especially when you've uh, probably by the time it may had come, I'd listened to that so many times, I'd kind of kind of just listen to it and listen to it. It's like, oh, did he just said something different at the end. Huh? Did he? Yeah. And it's like, oh, what, have I been listening to this song wrong? Or has he changed the lyrics? And that kind of piques your interest again. So get a few more plays of it. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia have gone a bit off the boil since this. What What can we do about Georgia? Oh, I, I do like kind of off-kilter Georgia. I like the kind of the Sophos and the and the young Georgian Lolitas. I, I I actually quite liked their entry this year. I thought the stage show looked absolutely magnificent. Although I didn't really think it was anything anybody was going to vote for and they didn't. <laughs> yeah. The the stuff the there is a specific way that the Georgian folk singing tradition has been brought into their 
uh, entries, which I appreciate, and like mm-hmm. I think a lot of the proper sort of nerds appreciate, but it doesn't yeah. seem to translate into either jury or televotes, which is a crying shame. It is. It is because you know I think Eurovision again right now is appreciating different, and Georgia are being nothing but different lately. Yeah, um, I, I they're doing the X Factor thingy again yeah. next year. Um, I just hope that they have some nice weirdos come yes. to do X Factor <laughs> for them. Yeah, hopefully keep on being keep on being weird. The we- yes. <laughs> All right. Um, we will obviously have Midnight Gold. Yay! We can do the indie shoe shuffle, but also reach for the lasers. Accepted. Right. Speaking of keeping it weird, we're going to Spain 1983 and a song that was, you know, maybe 40 years ahead of its time. <laughs> I don't think Eurovision was ready for it, and I Mm -mm. still don't think that Eurovision is quite ready for it based on the showing of this year. This is um, Quien Maneja by Remedios Amea. And this, when I listened to it, I went, oh, this could have been in the Portuguese national final this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It but is. listening to the studio version. Yes. It's got that kind of, I don't know, it's very, it's, it's, it's very odd because there's a, there's kind of not much going on, but there is actually a lot going on. Does that make sense? Um, there's, yeah, the, there's like it's a lot a of plodding, of, be- that kind of plodding beats. The kind it's, of it's in- like Iberian Peninsula trip hop from 1350 and also from 2005, but being done with 1983 instruments. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I just think, I mean, this was passed over. By the juries completely. It they came just, last. They just did not get this well, at no, all. This is where the 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 lack of um, ability to include electronic music yes. was really starting to show. Yeah, the orchestra could not make the sounds that no. are in the studio version of this. It just felt very shrill and very kind of. I don't know, the, the, the sound didn't quite, the, the, the rhythms didn't quite go and the emphasis was all in the wrong places and you in felt fact, like she was shouting just, against the orchestra rather than working with her. Let's drop some of the live in now so that people yep. can hear a comparison. <laughs> Verde de tus ojos verde, mírame, que mira que yo te mire, mírame. 
yo te mire. See, that's nowhere near as good as the studio. I know that 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 recorded version is just so clean and so precise, and it was just never going to happen with a with a live orchestra. And um, if if I, I kind of think, what if what if she'd been allowed to do it with a backing track? It would have been. I still think they wouldn't have got it, but no, but it might have got the odd point. Yes, <laughs> for trying something different. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Honestly, I still think that you know, if you tidied this up and gave it a 2019 re-swizzle, yeah, it would still be too much for. It would still be too avant-garde. Yeah, but uh, but I think kind of we need those avant-garde moments, especially in a year like 1993, where there was kind of so much kind of quote-unquote stereotypical Eurovision-y songs. You can't just this... do a ballad in a big frock every year. No, you can't. And um, Sometimes you've got to invent the future of music. Yes, and I think Spain did that year and, and that dress still trying to keep up and i love that dress yes i know she looks like a deck i know that people say she looks like a deck chair but, but i absolutely love that dress and the way it spins round and f- flares out and so spanish so flamenco-y but in a with a modern twist for 83 that's the song all over so <laughs> yes. yes remedios amaya is bringing her song kian maneja to the island and she can bring the dress as well yes <laughs> okay song number seven it's fire in your eyes by boaz mauda for israel people's surprise this is my favorite eurovision song ever um it's not my normal type of fare but i just love the atmosphere and the journey that the song goes on and i just love boaz's voice as well and the way he kind of goes up the staircases when he does his kind of trilling bits and I just I just think this is such a beautiful piece of music and um, I think I would go a bit doolally if I didn't have this piece of music with me for a few weeks. Oh okay. (laughs) So I would have to bring it with me. Looking looking at how it works on stage there's a sort of a weird visual disconnect with this song, which is quite sort of serious and it's all about the build and the emotional intensity. And yet he's singing it with his arms out in a satin waistcoat. <laughs> and he's also got his backing vocalists just plonked on the side of the stage. Yeah. Not I... making any connection with him. So we would have, we would have definitely said if we were 
podding at that point, we would have definitely said, oh, we need to, you know, make sure it fits as a package. Yeah, I do think they kind of maybe didn't think too much about the way it was set out, Um, especially the way he was dressed. Could have been a bit more... Sober. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Although everybody likes to see a nice pair of arms, I guess. They do. He did have nice arms. And also, Dana International wrote this one. I know. I, I, I have said before, it's quite funny that I, I think that this song is amazing, but she also wrote Ding Dong. Yeah, I mean... And it's, it's like, well, how can you get something so right and so wrong? Not, not every idea that you have is a good one. No. But it is nice that she kept with the contest. Yes. I do like it. I mean, we, we always say sometimes, never come back. But maybe as a songwriter or a producer or as a guiding hand like Ilsa. Yes. But maybe Ilsa. not front person. Yeah, never come back in the same role is probably yes. how we ought to um, to to phrase that role. Yes. Which means, Stig, you've got to get a new job title. <laughs> yes. Mm. Stig Rasta. Yeah. He hasn't got the message yet, has he? No. No. Uh, but yes, Dana International there, providing a guiding hand for yes. um, songwriting uh, for Boaz. Oh. And Ilsa, not providing songwriting, but definitely a guiding hand to our winner this year, Duncan yeah. Lawrence. She did a good job. She did a, yes. She did a very good job. And it wasn't just a sort of a during Eurovision thing. He posted on his Instagram today allowing people to precisely date this recording, um, <laughs> a nice picture of him and her mucking about on a piano together. So like, I think it might be a genuine sort of nice working relationship. It's nice to see people having mentors, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's nice to see that, you know, people, I, I think also in this kind of modern era that when we're in, people don't come and then go. People seem to come and then kind of stay around, muck in, keep their toe in the water. It's and, must be because um, we're such a nice bunch. I think so. We must be. I think a, they realise, you know, we know our stuff. and We've got a lot of and, love to give. Yeah, and we will support you. And yeah. um, if we like you, we will, we'll support you well after Eurovision. Absolutely. So one of your things, your ESC armchair, is based on the concept of you not going to the contest. It is. We're only next door next year. I know, I know. Um, I mean, one of the dates that's been touted for this year is actually the weekend that half-term starts. Ooh. So if that was to be the date then it might be a possibility because obviously working in education most of the time Eurovision is on during term time so it just providing a great teaching experience but absolutely rubbish for travel yes I mean this year Eurovision was on the same week as SATs oh so that was just a no-go from the beginning because I would just be too stressed out and too kind of like uh, tired to even think of enjoying myself <laughs> I think or even so. going on a plane or a train or an anything. By not going, you probably have much of a better idea of what's actually going on than we do. 
<laughs> well, I sit, I do sometimes sit and go, well, they did they did start up Eurovision as a television show. Yep. So I'm just continuing that tradition of doing the TV show. Yes. But it would be nice to do it would be nice to do an actual proper even if it's just a jury show or a family show, it would be nice to just see it in person and see how different and how it sounds different. I can highly recommend it, but, you know, it's not compulsory. No. Absolutely. But we'll see. We'll have to see what the timings are like this year. It might work out. It might work out. <laughs> okay, fingers crossed. So, yep. yes, Fire in Your Eyes, your favourite Eurovision song ever, accepted, yes. of course. Time for your final song. And the most recent thing that you've picked, uh-huh. it's 2018, it's Denmark, it's Higher Ground by Rasmussen. Freeze the air, windy air, make your mark and leave it hanging Okay, explain yourself, Anne. Okay, so um, I am quite well known for not having the highest regard for Danish Eurovision entries. They they kind of choose a lot of songs that just are not my cup of tea at all. So it's very rare that I find myself really liking a D- Danish entry. And this was one of my favourites back uh, last year I did absolutely love it I loved the staging I loved the way he looked I loved the sound it was one of those that even if you gave this to somebody and said right listen to it can you imagine what that person looks like sounds like what they look like on stage what they'd have you could probably guess yeah you could do a drawing they... <laughs> yeah um but um, <laughs> this is the really weird thing, is out of nowhere, the last couple of months, this has become Marcus, my four-year-old's go-to melody. Oh. Yes. How so did that happen? I have no idea. So he will be playing with his Duplo or playing with his trains or his cars or messing about with some colouring pencils. And all of a sudden he'll go... And it's like, why are you doing that? And he just doesn't know. He just does it. I think I think there's a Halloween costume in uh, <laughs> in the offing. That, oh yes, that would be Marcus cool. would look very cute with a big ginger beard. Oh, he would. <laughs> oh, so yeah, this is just kind of like he just loves i mean we've gone through so many eurovision songs kind of like he had a bit where he went he would do occidentalis karma and he'd do like namaste ale and we've we'd had fuego <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he would 
would go, oh, you'd like sing the bit and you go, hey, fuego. <laughs> but this is the one that seems to have stuck with him. And if you sing the beginning of it, like freeze the arrow in the air, and he will actually come out with the rest of the, the chorus. Oh. And he's obviously learnt this by, by osmosis. <laughs> Get them oh. while they go. I know. You can take um, him to his first national final in not many years. I know, I know. It'd be exciting. I could, if I, he could do junior Eurovision. Yeah, has he got into junior? Um, not really, I have to say. Um, he's not really... He's He likes listening to stuff. He's not really in too fussed about watching the stuff on the telly mm. to be honest i think he i think sometimes he gets a bit too much kind of um over, uh, sensory overload with some of these things yes yes um, i mean yes eurovision is about sensory overload yes yes um so he's definitely more of a kind of i'll sit and listen kind of thing um but he has he has actually started singing his own little ditties as well making up his own little songs Oh. Thinking, oh, you could sing that at Junior Eurovision, Marcus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Not long now. No, no. Oh, okay, so for you and for Marcus, we'll have higher yes. ground on the Yay. island. Hey, it's that was your eighth record. So now <gasps> it's time for you to uh, choose your Eurovision luxury. Oh, oh, well, the the thing is, is is at heart, I'm quite a practical girl. Uh-huh. So even though I'd need uh, it's it's luxury, it doesn't sound very luxurious, but it is ultimately practical. You're not allowed anything that could help you escape. No, no, that's okay. Okay. This won't ha- in fact it'll do the opposite. Right. Um I would want Bucks Fizz's Velcro. Oh, okay. I just think it would be very useful. For securing tent flaps and what? Yes. And, you know, you can make games out of Velcro with some balls and do some, make some dresses. Secure and... things to palm trees. Cause yeah. Because you've got quite a lot of palm trees on the island. Uh, and it's also nice to kind of that kind of ripping, kind of just sit there and listen to the ripping of the Velcro. We're getting weird now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, like, people have brought Stranger Things to the island like, really? including uh, Henrik von Zweiberg. Oh, Fox. goodness. Um, <laughs> you know, people have bought Stranger Things and Velcro. At least you've been practical. Good. I think I think we already know which one it is, but is there one of these records that you'd like to give a ceremonial douze poire to? Oh, well, oh, see, see, if it's a ceremonial douze poire, then I would have to give my twelve points to the to the one song that never got a chance to even get twelve points. Oh, oh, oh! So I'm going to give it to Leon. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, so as we rave off into yes. the beautiful multicolored, hue, multi-hued sunset on Il de Besançon. Um, I'd like to thank you, Anne, for coming to visit us on Ile de oh, Besançon. Thank, thank uh, you for letting me on. And the next time we'll hear you podcasting is you and I together for the Strictly Come Dancing fan show, Keep Dancing Podcast. I know. It's, it's, when you think about it, it's, 
It's going to be ramping up soon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very soon. <sighs> Comes right quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and so, thank you very much for coming and being cast away with us. I've thank been, you. I've been Ellie Chalkley, and this has been ESC Insights Eurovision Castaways. Now bring on the guitars. Bye.